During this session, I'd like to talk about Mudita. It's not as popular as others. I think Meta is so popular. I don't know why. <laughs> Compassion is yet another popular thing, you know. And then equanimity, but not in that order. You know? But you hear so much about the rest of the Brahma Viharas, but not so much about Mudita. I don't know why, and don't worry about it, but just know that it's not popular. That's it. <laughs> but not being popular doesn't mean that it's not important. <laughs> it's very, very important for our practice, and uh, I would like to talk about it and how to practice it. Uh, Modita is part of the four Brahma Viharas. Brahma means sublime or you can say best, and Vihara, actually. Temples are called Viharas. You can see Uganda Buddha Center Vihara, Dhamma Vihara. There's a whole state in India called Vihara. During the time of the Buddha, there were many temples there. It was called Viharas. So they used V and B in Indian language. So if you hear about uh, uh, Vihara, it's a state where there are so many temples during the time of the Buddha. So Vihara means abiding, abode, state of being, like that. So really, uh, both Brahma Viharas, the word Brahma Viharas, the two words which combine to mean sublime states of living. In other words, the best way to live your life. That's what it means. So uh, the Pali word of Modita is translated as appreciative joy. Sometime they call it altruistic joy, but I like appreciative joy more than any other translation. But what I want to tell you, you should not mix with the word joy, which is a different pallid name, is called pity. Pity is translated as joy, but my teacher told me never to translate that word. Leave it as it is. Pity is pity. Because the English translation is so confusing, sometimes they call it bliss, sometimes call it rapture, others they call it joy. But the Pali word is very clear, and you can see where it comes from. Like it normally comes from gladness, pamoja. So from gladness, then you get pity, the mind state. Shouldn't be confused with the mudita. Actually, mudita is appreciative joy. So why we can make this, how we can make this distinction, is that Brahma Viharas they belong to a state of mind called apamanya. Apamanya means boundless limitless. That means the number of beings that you are going to send this state of, uh, this state of mind, uh, uh, they are limitless. You cannot limit it to your friends. You cannot limit it to your brothers and sisters, your relatives, and the only people in the United States and the Uganda forget about it. No, no appreciate joy for Ugandans. No, no, no. It's actually a good metaphor for this, especially for meta is like a sun, it shines everywhere. So we can extrapolate that also to other mind states. So uh, that's the distinction between appreciative joy, modita, and pity, which is joy. So I think this is very clear. If you really confuse them, then it's a problem now because you don't know what to cultivate, you know. So you know what's now appreciative joy. So I want to look at these mind states, the four of Mind states, um, metal loving kindness, 
compassion and mudita and equanimity. As electricity, when you bring electricity in your house, hmm, you don't make these distinctions. You just bring electricity. And once it reaches your house, you can use electricity for ironing, lightening, uh, cooking. Isn't, isn't it what we do? Different uses of electricity. It's the same electricity, but you use it for different purposes. So the same thing when you cultivate meta is used for beings who you wish them to be happy. Uh, may you be happy. May you be peaceful. And then compassion, when you meet people who are suffering, then you wish them to, to be free from suffering and its causes. Another usage of electricity. <laughs> Another usage is you meet people who, you, whom you want to wish success uh, or who are really successful, and then you want this success to continue. Then you wish them. That's another usage of electricity. I'm using the metaphor of electricity. And then you, you, with the equanimity, it's just you meet people, you want them to be happy, they're not getting happy, you want to be free from, you wish them to be, from, free, to be free from suffering, and its causes, they're not getting free, and then you wish them to be successful, but all the time they're failing. What do you do? <laughs> You just have to use the electricity for the purpose of having equanimity, a balanced mind. So for me, that helps me a lot uh, when I feel that I have a lot of uh, a lot of meta and uh, maybe compassion, and the mudita is not working. I don't despair. I just stay with the meta because it's the same electricity. Yeah, because sometimes these states can, may not come easily, you know, and then you are forcing yourself. For me, I can stay with something that resonates with me. So this is an offering. We are offering you a, a buffet, you know, a buffet actually. Buffet, not a buffet. Buffet. So you can choose which to practice. So we don't force you, okay, you should do Modita now. No, no, no. It's up to you or what resonates with you. Hmm? If you, you feel meta is okay, stay with meta. If compassion is okay for you, stay with the compassion. If modita is good for you, stay with modita. So success, we wish people to be successful. Maybe for me, I look at success in three ways. One is success in a mundane way, uh, gaining these and material things. Uh, but that's limited. Uh, the, I want to wish people to have spiritual success. May you have good concentration. May you penetrate into the nature of all things and the impermanence. And I also wish you success to really uh, gain into what you call non-self, you know. Uh, all this one I wish you, you know. And I wish you to have equanimity. All this I call that spiritual success. But always uh, there is something that I, uh, I, I felt that the third one should also be part of the the wishing of success is ultimate success, to be enlightened. Really honestly, I wish that all of you get enlightened during this retreat. <laughs> really, honestly, it's possible. I mean, last time I told you that minimum six is seven days, maximum seven years. You can do it. In, you have more seven days if you haven't done it. <laughs> no pressure. There's no pressure, sure. But my wish for you to be successful. Uh, as usual, I want to bring in the definitions we find in ancient 
Bodhi scriptures, which for me, it makes my work easier if I define what I'm doing. I don't know about you. If for me, when I, I know the definition of what I'm practicing, it helps. And that's why I'm offering you this one. Again, the same thing. Here we go. The characteristics, function, manifestation, and proximity cause. Mudita. It's the quality of the heart that, uh, of course, uh, that uh, the quality of the heart and mind that gladdens from the root, pali root, mood, mood, M-U-D, gladdens. Hmm? That gladdens, gladdens when it faces the success of others. When your heart gladdens, when other people are successful, then you are modita. So the characteristics lakana is gladdening produced by success of others. Uh, its function is being unenvious, hmm? not being jealousy, in other words. And its manifestation is elimination of aversion. So you can see that uh, the way how Modita manifests is to eliminate um, uh, aversion, uh, hatred, anger. Hmm? And its, its proximity cause, uh, not producing cause but supporting cause, is seeing the success of beings. So once I have all those four definitions, uh, those four aspects of that mental state, then it's easier for me to practice it. And I, uh, in this paper, this is from Visudimaga, I have all the mental states. And in case you're interested, I can post it so that you know each of them. Okay, it continues to go like this, how it succeeds when makes aversion subsides. It, it fails, that state of mind, uh, it will fail. Uh, in other words, it doesn't work if it produces amusements. The way to purity, now purifying the mind, is for one who has much aversion. So if you have a lot of, if you cannot stand people who are meditating very well, this is good for you, actually. <laughs> you know, a fellow yogi is so much concentrated, and you, the mind is wandering, and you can't stand that one. Uh, this is good for you, so if you cannot stand. And, and the near enemy is mundane joy. Basically, when only your friends succeed and you, you, you really feel joy, we call it mundane joy. But this is, I told you, to understand this men, mental state, it's apamanya. That means all beings without any limitation. As, long as, as soon as you start limiting your state of mind to only few people, then that's not modita. So uh, it's far enemy. The far enemy is aversion, of course. And uh, they compare it to a mother uh, who is uh, having a, a young person, child, for the, the mother wants the child to enjoy the benefits of youth. That's about it for the definition of joy. Now the next thing, how to practice it. How to practice it, you choose some... Uh, Words. For me, I chose these ones. I don't know what you choose, but uh, I offer what you can choose. These are phrases that resonate with me. Hmm? One is good fortune, success, and also happiness. So I choose those words uh, that I'm going to repeat every time. And of course, it's the same category. 
we use for oneself, for your friends, and then for neutral person and uh, difficult person and all beings. But uh, for me, to keep it simple, as I told you, you always want to keep things simple, <laughs> uh, with the category, the last category of all beings, I put the neutral person there and the difficult person. It's all implied. So when I have a short time, I just say, may I continue to be happy? May I, have to continue, uh, may, I, may I be successful like that? May my friend be successful? And then I go to all beings. And if I have more time, of course, I break down to a neutral person and a difficult person. The Buddha really uh, gave eight ways how we could do, really do these things so that it's not a passing thought that you just repeat and forget. He used these words in a mental state like metta or because there is 11 benefits of loving kindness. You can now substitute modita also that arises from emancipation of the heart. Of the heart, if repeated, that's the first one. You have to repeat it. You have to keep on repeating it. That's the first thing. Developed, you need to keep on developing it. Make much, made much of it. You have also to make it a habit, number four. Made a basis of, number five. Experienced, you have to experience it. Number seven, you have to practice it. And then well started, you have to keep on again and again. So this is not just, okay, may you be successful. Boom. Modita, no. It you have to keep on repeating it again and again. I don't know if any teacher has given eleven benefits of mentor. No, but they haven't talked about it. Well, the eleven benefits of mentor uh, Buddha gave is for mentor in the scriptures, in the Buddhist scriptures. Uh, but actually, uh, ancient Buddhist commentaries they say that the same eleven benefits applies to other uh, Brahma Viharas. But you are familiar with this. You've been doing, uh, listening to Dhamma talks many times, 11 benefits. But those who have forgotten, I can always repeat, repeat, repeat. The first benefit is you sleep well. <laughs> very good sleeping pills. You sleep very well when you practice appreciative joy. This is according to uh, Buddha Gosa. It's a commentary. The Buddha dis uh, Buddha's discourse talks about 11 benefits of, of, of metta, but the B Buddha Gosa says it applies to all. And for me, it makes sense because they oppose aversion. When you have a lot of anger, you can't sleep very well. So you sleep very well, you wake up very well, and in between, you don't have nightmares. So you have Dhamma dreams, number three. Eh? Dhamma dreams, eh? Now, you are loved by other beings. Mm? People love you. Other human beings, they love you. Mm? Not only human beings, number four. Number five, also animals love you. I'm telling you, I saw a bear one time in West Virginia, and I sent it loving kindness. <laughs> uh, but I didn't send Modita that time. But anyway, I would have sent Modita. <laughs> number five. <laughs> Then you are loved by uh, what you call heavenly beings, mm -hmm. endeavors, number six. Number seven, number seven is you are free from, uh, when you practice this state of mind, you are free from fire, mm -hmm. 
poison and weapons. But don't take it literally. <laughs> it's figurative speech. In Buddhism, what we call fire and weapons and, and, and poisons, these are a poison of greed, hatred, and delusion. Already we have seen this one. You remember? I've already mentioned that it overcomes aversion. But the, in commentaries, there are instances, actually, people who escaped from these things. Eh? But don't take it literally. I, I cannot emphasize this enough. <laughs> the number eight, good complexion. I call it meta-cosmetics. <laughs> it's cheaper, available all the time, and it says a long way, you know. I mean, I was teaching in Brazil one time, and most of the time I used to teach in Brazil, I would go to these monasteries, Catholic monasteries, and they have these nuns who have been practicing their thing, I don't know, whatever that is. But you look at them in their eyes, they're very tenaciously alive, you know. And they have such beauty, you know. Anyway, that's cosmetics. Pardon. <laughs> Number nine, you gain concentration easily. So for people who are const- uh, struggling with the concentration, do the Brahma Viharas. You gain concentration easily. You know? Number ten, you die peacefully. You have not died, but, <laughs> but get pre- the preparation, get the ground, hmm? level the ground, so that you don't die struggling when you are you have a lot of anger towards something. You have a lot of envy and jealousy, you know, about something, you know. Ah, number 11. Number 11 is very interesting. If you don't attain the highest level of enlightenment, you go to Brahma world. That's a consolation prize. <laughs> you go to Brahma world and just like open your eyes like these. You're in the Brahma world. So you can begin now preparing for that journey. We are going to go through all that. The preparation is now or never. Those are 11 benefits of mental loving kindness. You can extend to compassion. You can extend it to mudita. You can extend, also you can extend it to equanimity. What else I haven't covered? I think that's about it. <laughs> the proof of the pudding is in eating. I think we can start. Oh, one story. I was meditating in Burma in 2004. It's a long retreat, like two months. And then wake-up time was 3 a.m., 3 a.m. Me, as a monk, I was in a monastery for eight years. I used to wake up at 4.30 and go meditate for almost eight years. But when I went to Burma, it was 3. I was struggling with my practice, struggling with my practice, not enough sleep, jet lag, and then there was a person in the meditation hall who I used to find there every time at 3 a.m. And he was only one person. I say, how can he do it, actually? For me, I'm struggling a lot. <laughs> and then I say, one day I said, I'll go earlier to find out at exact time when this yogi comes to the meditation hall. I had a lot of mudita, actually, but also mixed mudita, you know. (laughs) (laughs) 
how was it mixed? I'm a monk. I should even be the first one there. <laughs> but anyway, I went, you know. I was just ordained as a monk, and I was struggling with the practice, you know. I went a little bit at about 15 to, to, to 3 a.m. He was there. I said, no, it can't happen. <laughs> I said, yes, I'll go at 2.30. Actually, I was not sleeping because when you meditate, especially for that intensive retreat, you sleep at 10 and wake up at 3. It reaches a time when at 2.30 you're already awake. I said, no, let me go and find this yogi. How he can be in that meditation hall earlier than me? I went there at 2.30. He was there. I said, I can't push this one <laughs> any further. But I said, a little bit, five minutes. I, I, I tried actually at, uh, uh, at about uh, 2.25, and he was on there. I said, wow. That's, <laughs> this, this yogi is amazing. So then, but then I say, now what? <laughs> I start having a lot of mudita for this yogi. Wow, amazing. Later on, I found out he was a Canadian, actually, and he was a psychologist who wanted really to push extra limits, I think, to, for meditation to help his practice. Anyway, that's my story. Thank you very much. <laughs> you can have a lot of mudita for your fellow yogis, no problem. But don't mix one. Don't mix. Eh? Let us sit for a moment. Sit comfortably, feel at ease. Let go of the past and the future, just like any other meditation. The first thing is to relax your body. All kinds of meditation, whether it's concentration, whether it's mudita, whatever. So it proceeds with the relaxation of the body, the whole body. Just go through a quick uh, uh, awareness of the body sitting here. Where there's a tension, you can release it in the chest. Make sure that you open your chest so that you don't squeeze those lungs. You know, so that you can breathe as normal as possible. Sit comfortably, feel at ease. And all meditations, it doesn't matter what kind of meditation, it proceeds with mindfulness. You if you actually practice uh, mudita without mindfulness, that's when you go to either far enemy, mm, mundane joy, uh, I mean uh, near enemy, mundane joy, or even uh, the far enemy, which is aversion. So you need to establish mindfulness before you start this practice. Mindfulness would mean being in the present moment, right? be aware of the present moment, you establish mindfulness. And then you begin your phrases of mudita, appreciative joy. You can choose whatever phrase that resonates with you. But I suggested good fortune or success or even happiness. 
But I like to use more of success because if I start to use the phrase of happiness, uh, then it looks like a meta. So I stick some time to the idea of success. May I be successful? Success in my practice. Mm. I'm sure all of you have come here, you are very successful, even if you don't know. Because there's one thing that you have been successful in your practice here. You've gone gain insight into the nature of mind that the mind wanders. You can't miss that. Even if you think that you're a bad yogi, you've gained that insight that the mind wanders. And also another insight you have gained that everything's beyond control. We can't control things. That's a deep insight. Don't take it uh, lightly. You know. So you're, you, you, you are successful in one way or the other. Spiritual success, to see these insights. May I be successful. May my success continue. Hmm? May my fortune continue. But to simplify it again, I can stay with only success. May I be successful. Knowing the three kinds of success that I've told you. The mundane success, the spiritual success, and the ultimate success. So I just use the word success to stand for at least spiritual success and ultimate success. You can space yourself. No need to, to just repeat these words. You need to know the meaning of these words. Otherwise, they become dry. So what does it mean to be successful? Not only for today in this sitting, but the rest of your, of your life. There's a phrase in Buddhist teaching where it says that May I always meet with success wherever I'm reborn. May I always practice the Dharma and not get lost from the Dharma. So practice in this life, next life, and ultimately to attain the goal. But keep it simple. May I be successful. May my success continue. So there's a level of repeating mentally these words and diving to their meanings. How does it feel whenever you say this word success? What does it, how, how does it feel in your mind? How does it land? Will be the feeling level. And once the mind feels this appreciative joy, whenever the mind feel is filled with appreciative joy, there's some kind of gladness that arises. 
the man is gladdened because the absence of envy and jealousy and aversion. In fact, the man can even gain concentration. through this practice. Then you can move on to a friend or in general friends. You wish the same thing that you wished for yourself. May my friends be successful. May my friends be successful. May my friends be successful. Or may my friends continue to enjoy success. Whatever phrase that resonates with you, it's okay. The key is to Make sure that you are connecting to the phrase, to the meaning of the, that phrase. Once I feel like these phrases are smooth, I don't have to think about what I have to repeat. It's just with mindfulness. The phrases come naturally. I can continue on to other categories. Sometimes I can continue to the neutral person to be successful, the difficult person. And finally, as usual, any Brahma Vihara you, it has to end up with all beings. I told you it's a pamanya, boundless. All beings should be uh, included. With that including all beings, always your Brahma Vihara is going to fall short. So it's very, very important to remember this. It doesn't matter which Brahma Viharas you're practicing. It has to end finally with all beings. May all beings be successful. The success of all beings doesn't diminish our success. In other words, when people are successful, maybe to attain Nibbana, it's not going to be filled. Hmm? And we won't have a space. Don't worry about it. There's always going to be a spot for you. Remembering Nibbana is not a place to go to, you know. So it's going nowhere actually. So the success of others don't diminish our success. So send all this mudita to all beings, all living beings, not only human beings, all sentient beings. May you continue to enjoy your success.
Okay, the rest of the time you can just repeat these phrases.
Tupamaya sabbesam satanam sukokamato pasitwa kamato metta sabbasate subhavaye Having seen that all beings like oneself have a desire for loving kindness, for happiness, peace, appreciative joy, one develops these mental states methodically for all beings. Thank you very much for your practice. Yeah, a, a couple of things that I need to emphasize here is uh, with all the four Brahmaviharas, and even in Metta you hear that if you don't attain the highest goal, which is fun enlightenment, you go to Brahma world, it's very, very important to ask the reason why would somebody not attain the highest goal? Uh, the reason is the mention, of course, you get uh, a consolation prize. Uh, the reason is because of what you call Dhammachanda, attachment to the Dhamma. If you still even attach to the Dhamma, uh, mental states, <laughs> still that can hinder you, like uh, attached to attachment to beings, still if it is still there even attachment to the uh, wholesome states of mind. The wholesome states of mind should continue on, but it's attachment to them that can stop us, you know. It's just like a sign where uh, in a book somewhere, I think Arjun Brahm's book, say, the sign was saying no attachment, and somebody went and grabbed the sign and hold on to it. So, <laughs> so even attachment to an attachment also becomes a problem. So we should not attach. The homes we should have wholesome states of mind, but not again attachment to the wholesome states of mind. That's the message there. If you ever hear that, you'll even benefit, and you wonder why would somebody don't do it. Another point uh, is actually it's very very important to know when these four Brahma Viharas shake hands with the wisdom. Uh, because we get people really asking, well, for me I'm practicing Anicca Dukkha Nata, and I understand that part, but when I practice Metta, it's me being here hmm, as a being, you know. And then they say, is that not a conflict? The teaching is there to support that practice of Metta, where you see yourself as a being who's a person who leads kindness and love, loving kindness and compassion, appreciative joy and all that. So it's there. But if you want to switch from that practice to wisdom, insight, the practice is there. And I'm going to read it to you. It's not normally recited, but I thought of offering this to you. So that you remember, you remember this, that is a stage where actually the practice of Brahma Viharas can start shaking hands with the practice of wisdom, hmm? Hmm? set knowledge. He is, I'm just quoting from the Sutta itself. The Buddha said, when thus 
responders, the practitioner, these hearts release by appreciative joy. You can substitute metta, equanimity, and compassion. Is just a high, a higher product. It's produced by higher thoughts. You see, it's produced by what? A higher thought. Another fancy way of saying is conditioned, because it's part of right thought. They also, this thought of appreciative joy, metta, and they are conditioned thoughts. <laughs> In fact, the whole discourse talks about for fourteen conditions. If you have the metta sutta, uh, it talks about you should be humble, you should be, uh, you should be easy to be maintained, and all these things. So there, there are conditions there. So. The sutta continues. Uh, produced by higher thoughts is impermanent of the nature of change. Fixed on that idea, one wins destruction of kankas. These are mental, uh, mental defilements called kankas. The Buddha mentioned a lot of things, kankas, hindrances, uh, fetters. It's all things we fall under what to call mental defilement, but just give them bones, uh, different different names actually. Floods, sometimes we call them floods. So the sutta continues, one uh, wins destruction of kankas, and if not that, yet by his passion for the Dhamma, that's called Dhamma Raga, hmm? Dhamma Raga or Dhamma Chanda, by delight in the Dhamma, by utterly making an end to the five lower fetters, again, those are meant to defilement. I will talk more about them later on. Belonging to this world, he is reborn spontaneously, and in that, in that state, passes utterly away, never to return from that world. So this is where actually this practice reacts hand with the insight knowledge. So if you've been practicing metta, and they say you are bored a little bit, hmm? a little bit bored, may I be well up and peaceful, uh, you can switch gears. You don't need to go and grab the breath, you know, the breath and all. So just see as that mental state as conditioned. And then you just see that, that mental state as, ah, metas are rising. Oh, metas passing away. And once you do that, seeing the changing nature of the thought of meta itself, then you are into vipassana mode, and then you can practice. So this is very, very important. I repeat it. I think it's very, very important. Let, let me repeat it. Uh, it was some article that I wrote, uh, and I, uh, I think... Let me start from here. It's what I wrote. Uh, appreciate joy. Practice deals with beings as concepts. So it's a concentration practice, actually. When we talk about uh, the Brahma Viharas, the, it's a, a concentration, sama, a samatha meditation. Because we deal uh, with beings as a person, you know, 
not seeing them okay, as changing is a person there who needs love and kindness and all that. So it's a concept. It's okay. That's why we can even gain concentration. It takes suffering. Uh, it takes suffering beings like, for instance, uh, happiness and beings are happy. And then, uh, if it's meta, when it's compassion, beings are suffering. That's the object of your meditation to see them as either the happiness, the suffering, or the successful, and also they are not doing any of those three things. Undoubtedly, we might get peace and happiness at the moment of the of practice, but in order to eradicate all the suffering and its causes, in other words, in order to eradicate mental defilements uh, and uproot them, we have to apply wisdom to see the true nature of a conditioned realities, including or some states of mind like a divine abidings, in our cases, appreciative joy. So I'm quoting here the Buddha. The Buddha said, then, the one thus ponders, now these are the words of the Buddha, these heart release by appreciative joy is just a higher product. It's produced by high, high, higher thoughts. Then he comes to know, or one comes to know, now even that which is a higher product produced by higher thought is impermanence of the nature of change. That's the insight now which you can switch on. And now you can, the Buddha continues fixed on that idea. One wins destruction of conquers, or if not that, yet by one's passion for the Dharma, by delight in the Dharma. By utterly making an end to the five lower fetters, which I'll talk about later on, uh, belonging to this world, that person is reborn spontaneously and never come back. Uh, and in that state, passes utterly away, never return uh, from this that world. More of that to come in my talk about fetters, but that's what I wanted to offer you to remember that actually this practice, uh, you can always switch to from meta to insight, right away within that mode. Thank you very much for your practice. May you be well up and peaceful. Stand for walking.